0: Hey everybody, if you didn't notice, the presidential primaries are fully underway, and the Democratic debates actually start in just two months. I think 21 people, if I'm right, 21 people are currently running for the Democratic nomination, and a few more, including New York City's mayor, a few more people are still rumored to be joining the PAC at some date to be determined. And contrary to popular belief, I actually think the best time to choose and support a candidate is right now, at this very moment. And today I'm going to give you a few pro tips on how to choose who you will support. Now to me, and I really mean this, it's not even as important that you support who I support, and most of you know I am supporting somebody, but it's very important to me that you passionately support someone. Let me tell you why. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. As I'm speaking to you, Donald Trump has the single highest approval ratings of his presidency. They are currently at somewhere between 49 and 51 percent. And I actually think they're higher than that. If 50% of people say they approve of Donald Trump right now, I think the actual number of people who approve is probably several percentage points higher. They're just too embarrassed to say so. And I think that's part of why he won. Not a single poll in the nation had Trump winning the presidency, even on the day of the election. But the man won 30 states. He's formidable. And we have to stop thinking that how we think about him, or how our Facebook friends think about him, how our college classmates or co-workers think about him. We have to stop thinking that that is representative of the entire country. It isn't. And I think the way the Mueller report went down really made him stronger. And in some ways, we saw this happen to Bill Clinton. His approval ratings soared, soared to 73%. After he was impeached, when Bill Clinton left office, his approval rating was 65 percent. That's the highest recorded for a departing president since Harry Truman left office. And the fact that Trump came out of a two year investigation without being indicted, without any of his family members being indicted in the eyes of tens of millions of Americans, it means that he was exonerated. Now, we can disagree. I disagree with that. But perception is reality for most people. And right now, every poll shows Trump is the strongest he's ever been. And I said all of that to say, I think he's going to be hard to beat. And anybody telling you otherwise is out of touch and lives in a bubble. The man's an enigma. He doesn't play by any discernible set of rules. He's literally lied over 10,000 times since he was elected president. Nothing sticks. And he has more followers and power and juice on social media than all the top Democrats combined. He dominates the news cycle. And he's already spending millions of dollars a month on social media before his campaign even kicks into full swing. And on top of all of that, it's historically difficult to beat an incumbent. George W. Bush showed that back in 2004. And that's why I want you to choose a presidential candidate wisely. Listen to me. All candidates are not created equally. They don't all have the same strengths and weaknesses. They don't all stand for the same thing. They don't all have the same values and policy proposals. And today I want to unpack and explain how I hope you'll choose a presidential candidate to support. And I want you to make that decision. Let me break it down. Break it down. Before we dig in, I want to debunk something that I think is problematic. I hear a lot of people saying that they're going to support whoever is nominated. And that's perfectly fine. That's not what I think is problematic. But that doesn't mean that you don't have a say or a voice in who that nominee becomes. Saying that you're going to support whoever is nominated doesn't have to mean that you are simply a fly on the wall while other people and corporations and special interest groups and lobbyists and the mainstream media promote the candidate they want. The primaries are designed for us to debate and discuss who's best. You don't have to believe me. I want you to take Barack Obama's word for it. I'm going to play a clip for you of him at a campaign event in 2008. And this is him in front of a huge crowd putting Hillary Clinton on blast. And I just want to show you how contentious it was because it was like this every single day. And I think we've forgotten. Let me play the clip.
1: Senator Clinton... This is the same person who has taken more money from lobbyists than any other candidate, Democratic or Republican, taking more money from drug company lobbyists and insurance company lobbyists, and she's saying, I'm out of touch? Who do you think is out of touch? This is the same person who took money from financial folks on Wall Street and then voted for a bankruptcy bill that makes it harder for folks right here in Pennsylvania to get a fair shake. Who do you think is out of touch? This this is the same person who spent a decade with her husband campaigning for NAFTA and now goes around saying how she was opposed to NAFTA. Does that sound like she's in touch with Pennsylvania? Does that sound like she's in touch with you? This is the same person who says she's voting for the Columbia trade deal. Turns out that her top advisor, her top strategist, was working for the Colombian government to get the bill passed. Does that sound like she's in touch with you? She must, what did somebody say? She thought, what did she think you were? Come on, she, she knows better than that. She knows better than that. So, so he, here's the thing. Every four years, we get politicians coming before you, and they say the same thing. The
0: 2008 Democratic primary was seriously contentious. They really duped it out. I mean, they had disagreements daily. But the best candidates in the country fought it out, they debated the issues, and the Democrats still won the presidency. And this idea that the candidates should never disagree, shouldn't duke it out, that their supporters shouldn't point out the policy differences, these ideas are ahistorical. That's the purpose of a primary. And what I want you to know is that if you don't have a say in who the nominee is, Somebody else is going to choose for you, and they may not choose in a way. they. No, let me rephrase that. They probably will not choose in a way that's in your best interest. Not only that, but the next few months, these are the next few months when you will really have the biggest impact on a candidate. They are each desperate for supporters and donors and volunteers. So I want to give you four things that I hope you'll consider when choosing a presidential candidate. Break it down. The first thing that I want you to do is try to determine what each presidential candidate cared about and fought for before they were running for president. Because here's the thing, they'll tell you anything when they're running. They'll post all types of ideas online of things they say they support. But what I want you to learn is what did they support two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? What have they supported over the broad course of their life? What do they fight for in their spare time? Like what keeps them up at night beyond becoming president? And this gives you a real indication of what they actually believe in. And no, I'm not just talking about Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Warren, for instance, has been fighting for income equality for the past 25 years. Cory Booker has been fighting for justice reform since he was mayor of Newark. And the greatest indicator of what these candidates actually believe in is what they were fighting for when they weren't running for office. And some candidates, I have to be honest, I don't see much of anything. And for others, it's a completely different story. And the same is true for Donald Trump. So Trump, when he ran for president, all of a sudden said he cared about working people and said he cared about bringing jobs to middle America. But he has literally never cared about that for his entire life. And he's in his 70s. Before he became president, the man literally lived in a gold-plated mansion high above Central Park. He has never cared about workers. He has never cared about the middle class or people struggling to get by. And so how you really know what somebody stands for or cares about is not necessarily even what they say in their stump speech or uh, on their website. It's what they've been fighting for over the broad view of their life. Break it down. Next, I want you to ask yourself and really just study the news and study the candidates and study their campaigns and see if you think they have a plan to win the electoral college what i'm trying to say is which candidates are competing now because it ma- what they're doing now it matters are they competing in all 50 states now because it's not enough just to win the popular vote listen al gore won the popular vote in 2000 hillary clinton won the popular vote in 2016, that clearly doesn't win the presidency. And Democrats can't just crush it on the East and West Coast. Listen, Donald Trump won 30 states. George W. Bush, when he won, he won 31 states. He might have lost the popular vote, but he won 31 states. Democrats, if they're going to win, have to win the coast, but they have to win Wisconsin and Michigan, they have to win in Florida and Pennsylvania. They have to fight in all 50 states. And some candidates seem to already be aiming for this and others aren't. And here's the thing. If Democrats are going to win, and, I, and again, I don't just mean the popular vote. We can say we should abolish the Electoral College, and I think we should. But listen, that's, those are the current rules. That's the game today. And I need you to start asking yourself, who looks like they're going to compete in all 50 states? Who's going to try to fight to win in Kentucky and Ohio and Arizona? Because that person is most likely someone who has a chance to beat Donald Trump. Break it down. The third thing I want you to consider is this. Which candidates have an enthusiastic base of support? Because here's what I know. Trump damn sure has an enthusiastic base of support. His base is all in. And they'll never bail. And they will pack stadiums. They are now donating in record numbers for him. They will retweet him all day long. And Democrats cannot beat Trump with a candidate who doesn't have a seriously enthusiastic base of support. And I said this online last week. And I, actually, I said it last year. I said it back in 2016. But I think it's very, very important to see who young people support because youthful energy drives national campaigns. It absolutely drove both of Barack Obama's campaigns, which he won. And choosing a candidate that lacks the support of young voters would be a huge mistake. So ask yourself. Which candidates seem to have—it doesn't have to be enormous right now—but which candidates have a locked-in, enthusiastic base of support, and who are young people excited about? Break it down. And lastly, I'll close with this thought. Of all the candidates, when you really look at them, which ones give you the feeling that they're going to work their ass off to defeat Donald Trump? Because I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to take a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week campaign operation. It's going to take a candidate and a team that is willing to crisscross the country, going to all 50 states, holding rallies, meeting voters, knocking on doors, making phone calls by the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, really the millions. It's going to take a massive campaign to win. And it's going to take a lot of effort and it's not going to be easy. And I need you to see who's putting in the effort and the elbow grease right now, because that's a great indication of the reality that they're going to put in the work to win. As many of you know, I'm supporting Bernie Sanders for president. But on this podcast, I'm not here to support Bernie or advocate for Bernie. And I even want to be explicit in something. I just want you to support someone and go all in, donate to a campaign, volunteer for a campaign, meet the candidate, meet their team, follow their staff online, maybe even apply for a job in a campaign, because what's at stake is way too important for us to just sit idly by and watch. And that's a huge reason why I jumped in early. I just decided for myself that I didn't want to watch this campaign go by. And I'd love for you to just jump right in. And listen, it does not have to be Bernie, but I want you to make your own choice and just know that I'll be cheering you on. But do not allow this campaign season, the debate season, the primaries to go by, and just allow the system to choose a candidate for you. Get active. And get involved, all right? Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday. We'll be right back here tomorrow, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love it if you'd subscribe on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers, and we just won't get there without you. Have you left a review yet? Now, on Apple Podcasts, we have nearly, no, I think we just crossed, actually, 5,000 five-star reviews, but we still want to hear from you. So please leave your best review on your favorite podcast app when you get some time of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you would consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do that right now at thenorthstar.com. There, we not only have all of our podcasts, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, a shout out to our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for his hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.